calling out corrupt politics, citing the United States Constitution for exploring American history. We're the Relentless Patriots. Now, without further ado, here is Relentless Patriot John. How's it going, fellow Relentless Patriots? I'm your host, Relentless Patriot John. Um, today we're going to be actually uh, going into what makes a patriot and also diving into the current state of our nation like we always do. But without any further ado, I'm just going to basically start off by saying, guys, it's been a while. There's been a lot going on. So I'm just going to get, like I said, right into it. Hope all you guys are doing well. And um, it feels good to be back. It feels like this is necessary needed, you know, for me to come back on here and share my thoughts about the current state of this nation. But, but like I said, before we get into that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to first go into the first hour of just talking about what makes a fundamental, I'm uh, sorry, fundamental patriot slash conservative? Because there's a lot of people within our party, not even just within our party, but people as far as that have these ideologies that think they know what a cons an actual true conservative is, but they don't. So I'm going to basically lay out the four the four facts of what you know what this really is about here. So, like I said, without any further ado, once again, as I basically like a broken record here, I'm going to get right into it. The first thing for a conservative, or you may say patriot, or if you want to label yourself as, because nowadays everybody has a label, especially you know uh, with, the, with the gender pronouns and everything else. But I digress. The first thing a patriot slash conservative should know is that where they are morally, right now. I know a lot of people say, "Oh, religion, politics—they don't really go together." Da, 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 that, that's a complete malarkey, like Joe Biden would say. <laughs> but they do go hand in hand. And I'm gonna start by saying this, ladies and gentlemen. That we are in basically a tide right now where if you don't know whether you are spiritually, because this is the thing too, and this is so crucial and so fundamentally important is that you have to find out where you are spiritually before you go into the political stuff. Because if you don't know where you're at on a spiritual level, then you're going to have these conflicting ideologies along with thoughts on where you stand with the political principle and fundamental rights of you know as an American or as a, like I said, or as a conservative or, or as a libertarian or the case may be. So, it's pretty funny, because I just got done watching this Catholic priest. He was out in Arizona. Charlie Kirk uh, posted it. And he was going off saying that Joe Biden is not a Catholic. You know, yeah, granted, he was baptized, went through basically, he's through the Roman Church and everything else. But, fundamentally and spiritually, you know, like, sounding, like, he's not. Like, he has nothing, like, he believes in abortion. He believes in basically taking away the structured marriage between man and woman, which is sacred, that God laid out, I guess, as, you know, demonstrated with Adam and Eve. So... With all this fundamentally saying is that you really have to find out where you stand, you know, as far as morally for the, what you call it, for the fundamental political stuff along with the constitutional stuff comes from. Because, ladies and gentlemen, here's the thing, is that when this country, when this country, like I said, I'm going to throw a little history lesson here. When this country was first founded, all the founding fathers, this include, uh, but not limited to, George Washington, James Madison, and I believe Thomas Jefferson, along with many others, also had this very, very, you know, idea that God was basically the epicenter of everything, as far as part of our lives. And like I said, I'm not here to basically give a spiritual, you know, about a God rant or bore you to death, but I'm just trying to make you understand or realize is that, you know, within the order of things that people cannot change my mind or sway me and say this is not a spiritual war that we're in, as far as when it comes to, you know, the way things are, because there's a very, a very heavily demonic presence as far as what's influenced in, the so in our social media, what's influenced in our magazines, what's influenced in our TV, our culture, etc. And, you know, the more and more we, we give into the devil's hand, the more and more we're basically being thrown around like ragdolls and yo-yos, so to speak. And 
Once again, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's so crucial and so important that where everybody's on the same page as far as where, this, where the moral compass stuff goes. Because if you look at the transgender stuff, for instance, right? And like I said, I don't want to get too ahead of myself before I start going down another rabbit hole. But I will say this before I, you know, I, before I wrap up this thought. Is that you look at these parents, right, that are in California. You know, gay bars, hanging out, and you got little, you know, like not even five, five and six years old, you know, shaking their behinds, like, you know, and, and think it's the best thing since sliced bread, and it's cute. It's like, it's not cute, it's not funny, and it's just morally inappropriate and disgusting for those ch those children to actually be, you know, a part of that. You know, I've always said, I don't have a problem as far as someone being gay, because obviously, you know, you have some people that you can just tell, like, oh yeah, they're gay, it's like, whatever. But I have a problem when you start pushing on the LTGB, the, the gay, along with the transgender stuff as well. All that stuff needs to go. You know, there was a saying back in the military, back when, like, during the Vietnam War, they said, don't ask, don't tell. Like, that's exactly what it should be. Like, you know, they wouldn't like it if we went around saying, oh, hey, look, everybody, we're straight, we're this and that, let's have a straight parade, let's do this and that. But, you know, it's only a problem when you basically say, no, I'm not into that stuff. And, you know, you basically deny that because in the Bible, like I said, it does talk about you know, keeping everything sacred as far as having a structured society, as far as having between man and woman, you know? And it's just disgusting that they want to take something, especially like a woman, for instance, right? Like a woman, if you look at the, the definition, like she's a bear, she does like more, she's more caretaking, she's more nurturing, etc. They want to take that, that, that loving, innocent thing, and they want to flip it and make it look like it's, you know, uh, like it's something like bad, you know? And that's not the case. It's like, well, just because, um... You know, just because she's a woman, I, I feel that way too. And it's like, no, it's like you're still a guy or you're still a girl at the end of the day, whatever you you know you classify as or identify. Excuse me. So, at the end of the day, you're not really going to change anybody's opinion as far as that because, like I said, being morally sound and being morally conservative goes along with that hand to hand. But like I said, I, I kind of went off the the rails here with that. I just want to bring it back to like I said about being fundamental a fundamental conservative. So, like I said, so you basically lay out, like I said, the Bible, right? And you look through all the, you know, the Ten Commandments, and you're looking through, you know, what says not to kill, not to steal, etc. Like, all the basic moral morals that every human should know that does have morals, right? Like, that's just common sense for the most part. But nowadays, I can't really say that, because you look no further, like, cities like Chicago or cities like California, where people are, you know, acting like a bunch of wild hooligans, especially on the street. I mean, hooligans isn't even a word. They're more like animals, I should say. Um... You know, they're on the street, they're, you know, they're throwing stuff at people's cars, defecating on the streets, and, you know, picking it up and just throwing it like, you know, like a bunch of savages. So, you know, this is the times that we're in, and it's funny because, and I'm not saying funny like, haha, funny in the sense of, like, if you look at Revelations, Revelations talks about all this stuff, about how the end times are, and how, in society, is that you're going to slowly see the, uh, the second one coming as far as God's return. So, like I said, there's going to be um, a civil orange, oh, uh, sorry, so a civil... Uh, sorry, the civil course that's taking place and grabbing hold of this world. You know, that's why we're having all the problems we have. This is why this, you know, this president that we have, Joe Biden, uh, is, you know, is not capable. You know, he really isn't. I mean, even the, it's so bad that even the Catholic Church denied him because, like I said, he's not fundamentally morally sound. You know, you have to look at all these things, you know, as far as where they stand. And that's the problem is that when people look at the conservative stuff, or even like some of the left, the leftist stuff as well. They're just viewing it as like 
surface talking points. And I'll give you an example, the freedom of speech stuff, right? Like, the left wants cancel culture, the, you know, or the, the right wants, you know, obviously free speech because, you know, you should be able to say what you want in a free, sovereign nation. That's why the four founders believed in that's exactly what they died for, knowing, you know, uh, knowing so. And it's like George Washington said, if freedom of speech was ever taken away, we may, may we be lambs to the slaughter. And that is such a truer, more statement now, more so than ever, because everything people say and do nowadays is credibly criticized and basically being taken down. I mean, look, guys, we had our, our own RP store that was up and running, and Shopify basically took that all away, and we actually had to outsource to another company. And this is the kind of leftist, you know, uh, mentality that we're doing because the left has hold on big tech, and this we know. This is a no-brainer, right? Like, look at CEOs like Jack Dorsey, Zuckerberg, all these people have basically the power to do so because nobody's going to stop them. They have the courts in their back pockets. They have, you know, the DAs and you know, the whole judicial court system in their back hand, so nobody's stopping them. And that's where the problem lies. You know, there was a saying, there's an old saying, it's true, it goes, God doesn't like money, look who he gives it to, you know? And that couldn't be more so true, but in the same breath as I will say is that you do have people in this world, like for instance, like I said, I, I'm, you know, I look at this way, like Donald Trump, for instance, you know, the one thing I will say is that he's been consistent about is that about making sure that we're a free, strong, sovereign nation. Yes, there was things about the vaccine, and I will get to that later on. But again, I want to keep this main topic or talking point about being conservative and being about, I mean, like I said, being morally and mentally sound as far as that stuff goes. So again, like I said, the reason why I'm bringing this up again is because people don't understand how to deteriorate, um, how to deteriorate, you know, or how do I say depict? I guess the word would be. Or a siphon, or you know, figure out which which is you know which is the one. So, again, like I said, with the conservative stuff and the religious stuff, they do go together because if you don't have a moral compass or you don't, if you're not morally sounding, then you're not going to go. You're not going to know where to go as far as when it comes time to be you know figure out which side and what things you belong on. So, like, think of like the religion stuff as like, your your foundation, right? Then that's and then the political stuff is basically now like your uh, your installation along with everything else because now. Not only is your exterior going to be strong, but now your interior is going to be strong as well because there's a, it's packed. So I'm going to bring Frankie on right now, or Relentless RP. Frankie, we're going to get him in here. So that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to bring him in here, and we're going to talk for a little bit. And just, you know, I want to hear his thoughts as far as being a mentally strong-sounding patriot slash conservative. Because like I said, you have a lot of these, you know, like I said, I'll flat out call them out on here. I don't even care. You know, how much flack I get because, you know, I'm not really much of a big guy as far as, you know, the rest of these guys like Ian Smith or whoever else. But, like, I'll, I'll, like I said, I'm up only say it. Like, shame on Billy Prepper. Like, you want to sit here and basically claim to be a conservative, but yet you're hanging out with all the rhinos and you're doing all these other things and everything else. Like, people like that along with, I'll even say Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney is like, I'm for America, I'm for this, I'm for that. But yet again, you're hanging out with the crowd that doesn't respect or value this country or, or its religious principles. You know, this country was actually built off of God. I mean, it says it right in the Constitution. That's why it's on our money. You ever see a dollar bill? It says, in God we trust. It doesn't say, you know, in government we trust. It says in God. Because, you know, God's the only thing that keeps us actually, you know, sane and actually going. And a lot of people don't realize that. So, you know, once again is that we have to really be, you know, we have to really be adamant here as far as where we stand. Because if we're not adamant... And we start losing, you know, ground, and, and then uh, along with touch, a, a touch of reality, that's where it's going to get stupid. That's where we're going to lose basically everything. And like I said, that there's not going to be less, much left of a country, and more, nor a fight. And like I said, I appreciate the things that like Trump and DeSantis are doing because those guys are strong, you know, strong men of faith. Like even Trump, like he prays. You look at DeSantis, like these guys are 
God-fearing men, you know? And I mean that in every sense of the word. And that's the problem with today's society is that nobody basically puts God first. Everybody's about me, 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 especially the left. That's why everything they do, they go, oh, I feel a certain way. I feel this or I feel that. It's always about them. They don't know how to basically, like I said, decipher or, or depict that, like, no, like, you're a sinner at the end of the day. You did things that, like, you know, you're not perfect like everybody else. I mean, nobody's perfect on this earth. But it's a real issue when you have people, especially that are, you know, completely going in this blindly, you know? Like, I seen a video with Steve Crowder, and he was talking, and uh, this leftist comes up to him, and she goes, I had four or five abortions. It's like, how is this? Like, that, that should be murder. Like, now you just, like, you just completely just eradicated and actually annihilated four precious, you know, life, you know? Lies, excuse me. So, again, this is exactly where we're at as far as where this goes, and it's actually quite scary that, you know, I have to come on here and talk about this and try, you know, and try to convey or I don't want to use the word convince but just try to tell people like they're the ones that they're actually awake and understand what's going on that now is the time to basically say hold on to your Bible and basically just you know pray and just get right with God because you know what it's coming you know and it's it's going to be ugly as far as what we're seeing with the whole left and everything else because we're we're at a really bad standstill so like I said is that we're going to see more and more of this and um as time continues to be, you know, be, be pressing on us, it's like, you know, it, it's just, it, it's a real nightmare what we're in. But, you know, we have to ask ourselves, too, is that we really like it to this point, right? Everybody's so complacent, like, everybody I talk to, excuse me, is like, oh, do you watch the game, or do you do this, or do you do that? It's like, everybody completely forgot about the whole COVID stage. And, you know, that's a, that was such a crucial slash defying moment for a lot of people to actually, you know, so-called wake up for the ones that actually understood what was going on. But it's like everybody just kind of wants to forgive and forget and just move on. It's like, no, these people flat out closed businesses, shut down actually the, pretty much the entire country. All the supply chains were messed up along with um, work. There was a shortage of work. There was there were so many things that were so disrupted by all of this. And everybody just wants to let go and move on. And. If you look at, like, and this kind of reminds me of the Civil War. I went down to the Civil War Museum out in Philly. Uh, R.P. Frankie and R.P. Vinny were there with us as well. And I remember going there. I remember saying, there, George Washington said, he goes, now that the Revolutionary War is over, now you must lay aside the citizen and, or sorry, right, I'm sorry, you must lay aside the soldier and put, put along the citizen. Again, it's just very, very disgusting and very asinine to see this. No matter how you want to slice and dice it is that, you can't, there's certain things you cannot just put down. You cannot just put away. You have to be very adamant, and you have to fight no matter what. Vinny, it's good to see you. How you doing? You too, man. Great to see you. So, I just came here out here. I'm just, you know, as, as I labeled the video, or this podcast, rather, you could clearly see it says, I'm talking about what makes a fundamental conservative as far as basics, as far as fundamentals, and just being, you know, spiritually, mentally sound. Because what people don't realize, Vinny, and like I said, I'm actually going to bring this back up. Excuse me. So, see... And I can say you agree with me because me and you both obviously are conservatives and we both agree on most of the, the majority of things. You cannot be conservative, right? And guys, listen real close to what I'm about to say. You cannot be conservative if you're not spiritually sound. Yes. You know, because people don't realize, especially during the, like I said, during the wars and everything else, like I said, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, they were all God-fearing men. The only, you know, certain amount of people we have that are God-fearing in Washington are, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, we have uh, Donald Trump, and we also have... Um, Rand Paul and a Lauren Bobert, Lauren Bobert as well, and also uh, Ron DeSantis. And you know, it's funny because people that actually have a strong backing with you know the Lord and actually know the Lord, they're, they're not, they they don't fear anything because they know that that God's on their side. And like I said, I'm not trying to make this a religious thing. I'm just trying to say is that you can you have 
the Bible basically is the mo the roadmap for where exactly you know um where exactly where your your views and your morals lie. You know, you can't sit here and say, well, you know, I, I I'm for abortion, but I also believe in God and vice versa because that's where it conflicts. You know, and I was watching this Catholic priest and he was talking about Joe Biden. He goes, that man is like he granted he was baptized with, you know he was baptized to the Roman Catholic Church. However, he goes, that man is not a true Catholic because of what he believes in. So that's exactly what I'm trying to say, Vinny, is that most people say that they're one thing as far as when it comes to their politics, but then they want to run and, and they want to basically be fake and they want to hide behind God. I agree with you. And that's mm -hmm. um, the other issue, too, is that you have the concept of what's called the woke Catholicism, woke Christianity, woke Judaism. These are movements that are taking us away from those true conservative and Christian values in society. What we're also seeing is a lowering of standards. So you have once great churches like the Southern Baptist Church. They used to be amazing. They were actually based out of issues that my ancestors went through during the war between the states in the South. They've gotten so far away from the original message of that to where they attacked the Confederate battle flag, which has always been a proud part of the Southern Baptist Church. And my initial response was, guess what? We're leaving them. Any church that would attack our, you know, because the Confederate flags, and you see these are all national flags, not the battle flags. But the second and third national include the battle flag, which is St. Andrew's Cross, one of the oldest Christian symbols. So why is it that churches are now getting away from their Christian heritage and getting away from Christian symbols? And instead, they're running up rainbow flags on their, their property or BLM flags. That's and what I don't understand. And if you look at national flags, our USA flag has more um, ties to socialism than our flags right here, which are based in true American values and patriotism, even the Betsy Ross. But you're going to see churches that won't even fly that one either. So, you know, going to that idea that these politicians, what you'll see, it, we see this in the New Jersey GOP. Our New Jersey GOP, the amount of in-group drama is disgusting and it's ridiculous. You well, have a majority of them that are atheists, openly atheists, don't have any faith. We had um, one of our GOP that was running, I think last year, he was doing some kind of pride event. But when will you ever see a GOP member that will openly say, oh, we're going to have a pro-Christian event or doing something great like that? You won't. And that's part of the problem. You know, or they try to please everyone. That's another issue that I've had personally with the NJGOP and why I've actually been voting more independent. To some extent, our Libertarian Party has a, does a better job at preserving those individual liberties. And that's where I kind of stand on that. And, you know, like I said, that was very beautifully wrapped up and said perfectly. And like I said, as far as, you know, where you stand and everything, that's exactly it. Most of these churches, and like I said, a lot of them, like for instance, like I said, I'm, I'm just, you know, on this podcast, I'm not going to hold back because there are certain things that actually need to be you know, brought to attention because, like I said, they're really taking place and, and transpiring within our own, our own towns. For instance, like in Poughkeepsie, New York, right? It's pretty disgusting, right? And, and, and the, in the city, there's a church, right? And it had the BLM flag along with the, with the, with the LTGB, you know, uh, trans flag. So it's like, this is a church. Like, this is the house of God. Like, you're, allowed, you're inviting these things in that man along with the devil is basically manipulating. It's a real slap in the face, you know? And like I said, was that, when, when, you know, it's funny because the analogy that the, uh, the priest gave over in Arizona, we talked about Biden, he goes, he's like, yes, like, I'm sorry. He's like, I'm not yelling at you. He's like, you know, leaning towards the whole mass and the syrup, you know, the, the, what do you call it, the, the churchgoers. He goes, but you have to understand something. He goes, I am completely, incredibly frustrated. He goes, with the amount of, of you know, nonsense that's going on, the silliness. You know, he goes, like, like we, we have a president that's not competent and doesn't seem to get what's going on. Like when Trump was in office, right? You were dealing with the man's man. That's exactly what he was. You know, mm -hmm. like the way he comes off reminds me a lot of Teddy Roosevelt. Because Teddy Roosevelt was no nonsense. Yeah, he may have, you know, screwed up a few things here and there. But at the end of the day, he basically stood by his word. And, and you don't get people like that no more.
No, they're not transparent and they're not on. Here's the issue. They're not, they don't have integrity. They're, they're you like see a lot of that. <laughs> like one of the best, my own personal favorite, like he's really a rare, um, a rare minority as I loved Phil Rizzo. And I also loved uh, Rick Maida, Trish Flanagan and Mike Crispy. All of them were, they didn't apologize for, you know, being around Trump flags, Confederate flags, none of that. They stood by it 110%. They um, had true values and they weren't afraid to challenge those liberals. The vast majority of these coat and tie politicians that we have, both left and right in our state, tower over that. You know, we have a good example, too. People also try to make this about a Democrat versus Republican issue. And my own personal belief on that is it's really two wings of the same bird. You have the Republicans that will try to simplify the history, and you have the Democrats that try to spin a different historical narrative. People falsely claim that the Democrats were slave owners, the Democrats did this, Democrats did that. That is not true because there actually were Republicans that were slave owners. President Grant was the last sitting USA president and a Republican who owned slaves. You also had, you know, the early Republicans being a little dishonest. A lot of them had socialist ties. So some of these characters that people promote, um, if you look at their history in the context, they did a lot of wrong. There was a um, one guy, he was a Republican from South Carolina, and his original thing that he did to South Carolina is after South Carolina was war-torn, was he mandated public education, and this was used for indoctrination. When we look about how education as a system was done, the whole issue on you know these brave mothers wanting to get together and reform education, that's nothing new. Historically, that was done by women in the South who realized that the propaganda in schools were teaching children to be ashamed of their history, to be ashamed of their heritage. You have a really good book that's called Truths of History by uh, Mrs. Davenport Rain, not Davenport Rains. That was another one, um, Mrs. Rutherford. Ms. Rutherford wrote this book, Truths of History, and she wrote several other good ones, and she mm -hmm. revolutionized education as a woman. She did things that women traditionally didn't do. So in some ways, she was a feminist, and she actually did things she that was beneficial. <laughs> she wasn't the feminist in the sense of the, per you know, the purple, pink hair, and the, and the overweightness. <laughs> no, absolutely. She was, a, she was a true lady. She had class. She had values, saying, and that's what we need to get back to. She was respectable, and she, she made change happen. She saw that there was uh, issues in schools, and she tried to fix it. So we had that for a while. Our schools around the 1960s, when the John Birch Society came around, they're another great group because they tell a lot of the truth on this. You see in the 1960s a lowering of standards in education. You start seeing um, propaganda being put there. So what we're seeing now as a society is not overnight. We've had these issues since the 60s, and it's only gotten worse every single year and generation. So my generation in particular, you know, they were starting to you know, get away from the whole everyone's equal thing, and they started promoting the CRT. I can vividly remember my last year of um, high school because I graduated as a junior. You know, I just wanted to get out of there. They started attacking Columbus with false history. And that's a very dangerous thing. When people play the left versus right game and using the whole um, false history narrative, this leads to where we are now on both sides. You have Nikki Haley who called our veterans flags a divisive symbol. You have several other Republicans like uh, Nancy Mace who has attacked our history and heritage, and she's attacked the Lord. You have these Republicans that attack the, the churches, and this is pretty dangerous. There were people that were running this Republican in New Jersey. There's a lady who held a lower position of government. She was a, I thought she was a conservative lady, and she ends up going on about being super pro-abortion and this and that. I'm like, wait a minute. Did, did you just and claim to be Catholic and then be for this? Like, I don't understand that's, this. That's exactly what I'm saying is that about where, you know, as far as the spiritual along with the the mental capacity as far as where you stand because, you know, like I said, you can't be pro-God and then be like, oh, like I said, and be a hypocrite within the same, that's what I'm saying, is that the, the Bible along with your, how do I put it, your, or, um, not your political prerogative, your spiritual prerogative will basically dictate where you stand as a person. 
you know? and the issues of like marriage, like things like that. When will you ever have a Republican that will talk about the truth about marriage and what marriage is? And I probably can't say the full things will be censored, but you know, there are candidates in Florida who will talk about what marriage should be. And that's important to talk about because so many of them just cower over that, right? Marriage well, is a sacred union. <laughs> and that's the problem. We, if you don't step on toes, where are you going to get? I've, for far too long, I've had people go, we don't want to step on toes. We don't want a bad image, this and that. I said, well, newsflash, the media hates you regardless. So you know what? I'd rather have the media angry at me and me telling the truth and actually getting somewhere instead of being just swept under the rug because it's the same politics year after year. Not to mention the fact that many GOP in New Jersey are terrified to get in front of a camera and have an interview. There's been several times I've caught several of the men lies. And that's a huge issue too. Because if you're lying, if you're going to lie about something, what happens when you get into office and you lie? That is what really angers me. Well, and we've well, seen that time and time again. Yeah. And like I said, sorry, sorry to you know, cut you off or like that. But what I'm, what I'm trying, the point I'm trying to make too is that, like I said, you just said perfectly, is that these people, when they get into office, right, they made it, how do I put it? They're professional actors. So what happens is when they get into office and they lie, there's no accountability. Like I said, the only thing is that they, they take the Bible and they put their hand and they swear that up and down that they're going to do the right thing and they, 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 they say the oath. But back then, like, your word was your word. Like, like that, and that weighed heavy. Now there's no weight. There's nothing behind it. You could say and do whatever you want, and there's no repercussions. Like, my favorite quote by Mike Tyson, he goes, all of you people became too sensitive behind the screen. He goes, not to get realized to get punched in the face. Because back then, he goes, if you said something, you would get hit. Now it's like there's, and I'm, like I said, I'm not saying physically, I'm not endorsing any kind of violence. I'm just saying is that that's how it was back then. You know, there was no repercussions. You could say and do anything you want to do without being, uh, without being punished, you know? That's right. And then you, you bring up the great point of, uh, so religion, you know, me as a clinical psychologist in training, me as um, a cons consultant, the big thing I always preach is self-government. And religion and family values teach you self-government. Self-government, if you look at life through the lens of that, is the ability to moderate oneself, the ability to, you know, be strong mentally, physically, the ability to have self-control. The problem that we're at now is that there is no self-government. So back then, when you had a soldier's promise or you had a gentleman's promise, you actually went on your word and followed through. Today, many people go back on their word. And unless you have to, you know, have something in writing where you legally make someone abide by something, the sad thing is without that, you would get nowhere. And just like you said, I agree. A lot of them have empty promises. They hold that office and they get the power trip. And this is why, like people asking all the time, oh, run for this, run for that. And I said, I might consider running for governor if Jack is going to be running again. However, um, if I don't get, I probably won't even get in. If I can at least start a movement of people who actually want to bring back Christianity to our great nation, that would be better. And I tell people all the time, we also have to focus more on being a statesman. Being a statesman is so important because our state is important over the country as a whole. So when people say one nation under God indivisible, what I would want to change that to is 50 independent states that are divisible because if the government is no longer holding the values that we believe, we should reserve that right to peacefully, and the keyword is peace because we're all about peace, legally separate and divorce. It's like when you have a couple and the couple's not doing well, they divorce. Why can't states do that and form their own separate well, countries that's, and still that's keep whole, peace? Yep, and that's the, the, civil, the, main, the civil war was mainly fought about. Like I said, one of the main key points was that they wanted states' rights because the states' rights were being trampled, or actually being treaded on, for lack of a better word. They were being overtaxed. So believe it or not, the big piece of legislation that people forget about is the moral tariff. That tariff is what started the war. That's what sowed the seeds for the war. The South was being badly economically exploited, what they won't ever tell you either 
is that many places in the South were extremely wealthy and they represented a lot of the country's wealth. So the country actually turned against itself and destroyed some of the wealthiest areas, shooting itself in the foot and leading up to a major recession that happened in the later 1800s. So the Mississippi, for example, was one of the richest states. Uh, Natchez, Mississippi, richest place on earth. That was completely destroyed during the war between the states. And the whole concept of total warfare, you had Lincoln, who I cannot stand Lincoln. And I tell people all the time, today's Republicans are not the Lincoln-era Republicans, so we need to get away from doing the Lincoln dinners. I was asked, and it was so insulting. I, a woman asked me if I could play Lincoln for the Lincoln dinner. I've never been more insulted in my entire life. And I gave her the benefit of the doubt. You know, maybe she didn't know the true history. But internally, I was like pretty angry. And I said, I'm sorry, but no, I don't portray Lincoln or any Yankees for personal reasons as a Southerner. I also explained the fact that Lincoln, in some ways, was like the original Brandon. If you wrote a newspaper he and you disagreed with Lincoln, you were locked up. He was. Lincoln was the OG Brandon. We went to Philly, and I remember I was uh, talking to you guys. We were touring Philly. Philly was very pro-Southern. People forget that. Philly did have people that were born there that fought for the CSA. You know, they also had the CSA cemetery there as well. There was a lot of issues in Philly because of the strong Southern sympathies where people actually got locked up. There was a news reporter who was deported to, the, I think it was South Carolina. He had South Carolina ties. He was deported and he was arrested because he had a pro-Southern newspaper. You should have freedom of the press. However, Lincoln took that away from people in 1861. He also suspended habeas corpus. So you have wow. uh, fake groups in New Jersey, like the New Jersey Constitutional Republicans, and they promote a false narrative on Lincoln, and they also promote false history. The one gentleman that runs it, he's banned me from their page in their group because I'd provide historical evidence. All that he did was talk down to me as both a Latino and also talk down to me because he claimed I didn't know my history and this and that. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is a white guy that's trying to tell me as a Latino how to feel. So, you know, why should I take his word for it? I'm an informed person. I'm a proud conservative Latino, and I'm a proud Confederate Latino. Not yep. to mention the fact that I know my history. I've studied it for years. I've majored in it. I've taken classes in it. Um, the one thing in particular he did that really just, it was finally the struggle that broke the camel's back. Like, yeah, I grabbed you the wrong way. <laughs> he was talking about celebrating Sherman's March to the Sea. This was a time when so-called Republicans, which are actually very similar to the Democrats of today, the party values did swap. People deny that that happened, but it really did. Um, the Republicans of the early days destroyed the South. They victimized women and children. They took whole groups of women and they shipped them up north. If you look up um, Northern War Crimes Against Southerners, that book will break your heart. I'm currently doing the audiobook of it, and I can only stomach so much of it before I have to walk away. And these are all firsthand accounts. These are documents of what happened uh, during those horrible times. And then Reconstruction, that's when we further trampled on. So things like that are always important to put in perspective. So, yeah, that's a lot of – like I said, that was, I was – that was really, oh, like I said, I put this. That was a lot of really great information there, as far as you know, all that stuff. But let me ask you a question, right? Because mm -hmm. as far as with the whole way, the way the North ran, would you say, right, that they took basically aspirations from Britain from 1776, or I'm sorry, prior before 1776? In other words, the North was Britain and the South was the original yes, colonies. That's, yes. Absolutely. At, uh, there's actually a, a fundraiser wow. we're doing. So my website, and I have my <clears throat> hat on that I'm repping, is uh, Save Southern Heritage Florida. It's only 25 bucks to be a member, right? It's not expensive. And we get together, we have great historical discussions once a month. So it's doable, and they're all online. Should you miss an episode, they have the recording, they give it to you. Um, oh, they had a discussion on this. One of our programs on, about it were about how the North is very similar to Great Britain, and the South was like the 13 colonies. You look at that, there being about 13 Southern states, there were flags that had 15 stars, which included Maryland and Delaware. 
But originally there were 13 states and that is representative in this flag and that flag. That flag, the first national, the final variant of it had 13 stars and it looked just like Betsy Ross because it was based on those same great American values. Our fundraiser that we're doing, I think it ends tonight at midnight, is we're selling shirts and the shirt says, uh, Secession, Americans, America's greatest um, or something like along the lines of their greatest uh, attribute or our, no, America's oldest tradition is secession. That's what it was. And they had the first national flag, uh, 1861, and they had the Betsy Ross flag, 1776. Oh, wow. So we are selling those shirts and I encourage people to buy one, wear them out. You know, it, it really puts things in perspective. We, we were based on those same great American values. And while that was great on the battlefield, that first national was not good because what happened was it looked too much like the USA flag. Not to mention that the South was also limited on resources, whereas the North had an endless supply of resources. So their uniforms sometimes were a little bit more on the blue side and you could have friendly fire. So what happened was we came up with the second national. The problem with that one is it looks too much like a surrender flag. So they had to add the red stripe. The oh, fun wow. thing about that final flag was that that flag was never decommissioned. So that third national flag is still an American flag that is equal to the current stars and stripes. Oh, wow. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> it is. And we follow flag code. So, you know, when we do flag code, you cannot, in our flag code, put the federal flag above that flag. That has to be flown in a separate flagpole. As it should be. <laughs> um, yep. But like I said, is that, you know, I was like, I, I, we, got, no, we kind of got, you know, uh, I put, like sidetracked from the whole Civil Wars. That information was incredible. And like I said, guys, please follow Vinny. Um, he has his own page. I believe it's Monuments Across Dixie you're on, right? Monuments Across Dixie and on Save Southern Heritage Florida. I'm on both of those pages and very active. Uh, Monuments Across Dixie, there's no cost. You can join it. You know, just give it a like, give it a follow, share it. Uh, Save Southern Heritage Florida, we have a page, and it's only 25 a year to be a member. Um, we get good information out there. We even talked about, like, another uh, issue that you alluded to. Our last speaker was Miss Ann McLean. She was on. And by the way, she is a smart Southern woman. She has a PhD in history. She oh, was on... Um, uh, the governor of Virginia, um, it's not Ralph Northam, it's uh, Glenn Youngkin. Glenn Youngkin, people were excited about. I was not excited for him because he praised the removal of General Lee. So he also was taking monetary donations from, I believe it was a BLM-like group called the Southern Poverty Law Center. So he is a major turncoat, and Virginians don't like him. He might be good in certain issues, but for the most part, he has done little to actually change Virginia. And that's a problem that we're having with him. He... Uh, he said he claimed that no new monuments are going to go down, which is false. We want them put back up. Monument Avenue was beautiful. It generated a lot of revenue for Richmond. It helped get money into a, a state that is not a state, a city that was going downhill. Not to mention the fact that um, she was on their historical committee and he promised to bring Virginia back. And, you know, he gave all his empty promises when he took that oath. She made a mm. statement where she used historical evidence that count contradicted the left and the right's narrative about Confederates and the people that were under Glenn Youngkin, they fired her. They weren't letting her speak anymore. They got her off. So when they said she resigned, that was not true. She was actually fired. So she spoke on there and she truly is a fantastic woman. And we were blessed to have her and ask questions. So this is that's, what I tell people. Your best bet is if you get these people in is to hold their feet to the fire. But for the most part, don't expect to see a lot of change with a full GOP in charge because a lot of them are too moderate. Like you have Dan Crenshaw, another good one who turned his back on the Lord and veterans. And that's what, that's what I'm saying was that a lot of these guys, as far as well, I shouldn't say all these guys, a lot of these politicians, rather, like I said, they're like a bunch of used car salesmen. Now they tell you what you they tell you what you want to hear, and then when push comes to shove, they turn your they turn their back and they completely forget everything else goes out the window. That's and, right. Like I said, this, and this is what, again, this is what I'm trying to say was like I said because I know this this episode, like I said, this is really good that you're going into the civil war and stuff like that because this has to tie in with what makes a, a, a fundamentally sound 
uh, you know, conservative, you know? And, as far as and, and this whole about, idea is nothing new because you have yeah. Lincoln who was, Lincoln was very atheist, by the way. There was someone that worked on his cabinet that was uh, Mr. Pinkerton and his security system is still uh, alive today. He was a private investigator. He was also um, atheist, openly atheist back then. Most of Lincoln's men were atheists. So it was another ideal of looking at the war between the states or what they call a civil war is atheists, which were the early Republicans, the North versus God-fearing uh, Confederates that tended to be Jewish, Catholic, and Christian. More and Jews fall for the Confederacy under these yeah. colors and up North. And that's what I'm saying was that these men, even though they, they were strong of faith and they, they, they fought and they, and they, they fought and, bought and you know, died for was exactly what they believed in, you know, because that land was basically, you know, people are just like, oh, it's just a bunch of land. It's like, no, that wasn't just a bunch of land. That was basically how they made, how they broke their backs. And that's how they basically, you know, made, made their livings, you know, whether it be, you know, for self, you know, for, for their cell phone or just whatever the case is. And it's really, it's a little slap in the face. Like you said, I know Glenn Yincomb, or whatever his name is, Young, Young Ken, whatever his name is. With, with that governor is that he's very, he's, you know, he's spitting on the graves that people are for the people that served down south. You know, as, as, a, especially, as, especially as a strong southern governor, right? My personal opinion is this, that, yes, I, I mean, if you, if you want to make this a surface thing, right? Yeah, was it terrible that both, you know, both sides were casual, you know, Americans were, ca you know, Americans? Absolutely. Nobody's saying that or disregarding that. However, it was the, the treatment of the south that the north proceeded with. You know, so my, my, my whole my whole point to you is or my whole I guess you could say uh, my whole bone to pick here is that no matter how you want to slice and dice it, is that, like I said, you know, you have to be more uh, mentally along and spiritually you know, fortified and where you stand, because guess what? If you're not, then all hell is going to break loose and you're not going to have any kind of structure or balance because everything in life has, needs to be structured. You know, it can't just be a one way thing. And that's exactly what the left wants. The left wants their way or the highway. And that's it. Where conservatives are like, no. It's not going to be your way or the highway. This is this is life. This is reality. These are the facts, and facts are going to hit you whether you like it or not. Well, the other problem too is that you know you and have the no left telling I'm them. Sorry, I, I had to get that in there. It is. No it is. It's a, I totally agree, and that's another issue too. Is what the other problem that I'm seeing is that not enough Republicans, always the same few good conservative ones like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, they're standing up. We need more Ron strong Paul, men and Rand women Paul. to stand up because and Rand Paul as well is great. Not many people are standing up. You have the vast majority that are silent. Not to mention the fact that, you know, when you talk ability, <laughs> this is what uh, still drives me crazy. You have the left that wants everything, but what has the right done to fight back? Many in New Jersey, our GOP have done absolutely nothing to fight back. A example, when they had the mandatory face coverings in New Jersey, you were lucky if maybe you had like one or two GOP that actually, I can count my fingers how many stood up. Um, and then they only stood up when it affected them directly. So when they did their whole stunt last year about walking in um, without showing proof and the, the state house to vote, that I, people were cheering them on. I wasn't cheering them on because they should have done that from day one. From day one, they should have said, this is unlawful. This is wrong. Enough is enough. And instead, they just went along with the punches. And that's the problem I'm having. And that's, and then that's very dangerous, the fact that you're just rolling with the punches without actually doing something or knowing the facts. Because now you're walking. See what it's like? It's like turn the lights off in a room and just walk, walking in blindly. And that's the most dangerous thing you could do, especially as a, you know, a so-called leader or politician, if you will. You know, I agree. I agree. And the other you issue know, like too, that, you know, like look at DeSantis, right? Look, look at the mess he's in right now. You know, not not just him, but also the people of Florida. Like I said, I have family members and friends that are down there that have actually, you know, that have suffered from you know the hurricane and stuff like that. But you know, it, it's disgusting how the left, right, wants to take something as tragic as as that hurricane, right, and they want to basically make it a political thing and also mark it off of uh, somebody else's, uh, you know, uh, grief and misery. I mean, I'm like, like how dare you? You know, like I said before, I get even go further. I'm going to call us out to Joy, uh, Joy Behar over in The View. 
And like I said, I doubt she'll see this. But if she does, Joy Baron, shame on you, you filthy rat traitor. Because you know what? You want to sit here and, you know, mock DeSantis and say that the man doesn't believe in climate change. How dare you? You know? And it really, it really infuriates me and gets my blood going, especially when her, Whoopi Goldberg, and that other, uh, the other fat one, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, what's her name? Uh, she left The View. Uh, Megan McCain. All you, people oh. want to sit, all, you, all you people want to sit around here and act like you care about the common good for this country when you freaking don't. It absolutely upsets me and gets, me, it gets my blood boiling, Vinny. It does. It, it, it infuriates me. Yeah, Megan McCain is another one. Uh, she right, Her father was also controversial. So the fact that she tries to like, you know, use that last name to her advantage is also pretty disgusting. But she doesn't have enough on her own to stand on. And that's a problem, too. No, she has no legs to stand on. You know, she's like, she's like a patch of the pipe from SpongeBob. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, you know, um, and The View, that's its whole own ballpark on its own. That's a crazy show. Um, and like I said, the, the amount of things, like I said, I'm sorry to get you off of this. I, I have to get this in before I lose this train of thought. The amount of things, the amount of things that are, are so inappropriate and so not needed to say on there is just disgusting. And you guys claim to be, we're a family show because we're on ABC. No, shame on you. The no, they're not a family show. That's no, an no, adult the, show. The amount of racist stuff and the, the things of the way they project on, on, on people and that's so divisive, you know, they want to talk about Republicans or people saying, especially again, that goes back to Joy Behar, I'm calling you out again. You want to sit here and basically say that it's always the white people's fault, but yet you're white yourself. And you know, it does seem more disgusting is the fact that you're Jewish, right? And your ancestors were basically in the ashes over in Germany during the Holocaust, but yet you want to sit here and basically blame, you know, blame all the white people for that. How about you do some history, Joy Behar, and freaking actually read a history book about, about Hitler's uh, tyrannical regime over in Germany. How most of your people are the ones that voted him in. It was actually the Jewish people that did it, only the German people that, that did it as well. That's right. And, you know, then you want to sit and I, I said, I'm going to call Hillary Clinton, too. And I'm, I'm just going to go, you know, I'm going to go for a roast round here. Next up, I got, I, I got a bone to pick with Hillary. Hillary Clinton, right? She wants to sit here and basically say, oh, I, you know, I see all these mega, you know, these mega Republicans and they're at the Trump rallies and. I, it really, really fascinates me, and I don't, I don't really understand how someone like Hitler got into power. Like, the analogy you're using, really? You're really going to make a comparison to Trump to Hitler? What the hell's wrong with you? How dare you do that? Frankie brings up a good point. Um, also, what Frankie, um, I think, is alluding to as well is I studied my history, so I knew when people were going after the whole Ukraine versus Russia thing, people also forget this, right? Ukraine has a lot of Bolsheviks' ties. Russia does not. Russia has a lot more Christianity to it. So it's kind of obvious where I tend to side more with without saying it. Um, and it's not this, uh, the country that starts with you. It's a country that starts with an R that I support. Uh, that being said, this whole conflict, we should not be giving aid to that other country with starts with you well, because. I'll, I'll, I'll... Mm -hmm. Well, uh, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I got I'm sorry to cut you off here. I'm going to say this. The reason why we're giving, you know, um, like I said, I'm, I'm sure to call. I'm, I'm not going to say the actual country of what, you know, because I don't want to get, you know, shadow banned here. But I will say this, though. The two conflicting countries of interest, if you will, right? You have to look at it this way. The Biden crime family is best friends with that secondary country. Not only did they basically give uranium to that specific country, but he also had his hands dealt with the upper country as well. So, you know, basically that's what they do. They play both sides, and then they want to run back and play victim. And this is, a, this, is a reoccurring, this is a reoccurring thing that's been going on since 1913, even way before then, because a lot of these Deutsche, you know, uh, influence special lobbyists, have basically have interest in, in these politicians along with creating war. Because remember, war makes money. That's, that's the very first thing they tell you in history. You know, it's that's right. 101. War that's makes right. And, uh, you know, like I said, people are like, you're asking me, oh, John, this is, this is a really bad recession. How we get in? I'm, how we can get out of this? And I'm like, watch, you're going to see there's, there's a war brewing. Because look, we're, you know, the job market's at an all-time low. The stock market's about ready to bust. The economy, it's, it's just a complete shit show, for lack of better words. So you have to look at it this way, right? Is that when push comes to shove, is that there's going to be a war that's going to break. And like I said, 
Like I said, make this day known. Let's say the say uh, the second, right? October second. Make this known and void that there will be a war coming up. And like I said, regardless of anybody says anything, because you know what? Now you've got the, the Turkish people with with, with the Greece people as well. The people over in Greece. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm gonna say the people of Greece. I'm sorry. I cut out there. So I was trying to say was that the, the Turkish the Turkish government is now starting with, with the, the the Greece government as well, and that's where we're gonna see a lot of conflict and a lot of ties. Throughout most of Europe, I mean, heck, I mean, China's economy is about to, uh, to blow out within the, the next few days, supposedly, from what I'm gathering. So, yeah. and, then, and this is that's a real concern because, like I said, everything is heavily influenced by China and by these other communist regimes in all the countries. Every byproduct and every solution has been nothing for it by these uh, by these Democrats. And not to mention China, they make all of our stuff, and that's usually done through slave labor in China and a lot of those like sweatshops they have. Not only that, Bangladesh, India, all these other places. Like, look, the back, it, it's sad. Like, even the shirt I'm wearing, unfortunately, right? Like, I mean, it gets me mad because it's like, you know, this, this should not be made in China. This should not be made in Bangladesh. This should be made here, you know? When So we, this is another thing we had. We go to sell our flags. So our, our SCV camp, which I also forgot to mention, views and opinions are my own, just my own. They don't represent any other group, just my own opinion. Uh, we were at a vendor fair, right? And people were complaining that our flags are made in China. I said, well, here's a problem. Try getting... Uh, people in America to make our CSA flags or, you know, even a Gazan flag, try getting someone to make that in America. Number one, a lot of them say no. Number two, the price of it is through the roof and it shouldn't be that way. There should be more of an incentive to make the flag in America for an affordable price. And that's a and problem like I, that you like run I into. That, that's a spin the face to spin the face to every American soldier that went overseas and basically fought and spilled their blood and sweat and tears over there. You know, because this is the problem that the Hollywood depicts like this picture of war. You know, and I'm just saying every single war, right? That War is this, you know, amazing, beautiful thing, and you know, it's all like explosions, like a Michael Bay film. It's like it's not like that. No, it's awful. It's awful, you know. It's like I never served personally, but I have friends that serve. I have friends that have PTSD. I have friends that have lost legs. And the reason I'm bringing this up again is that people have to understand that this is this is not something you want. This is not something you want to play with, you know. Like look at last year uh, with Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, it was about it was last year with Kyle Rittenhouse, right? When he basically defended himself against those three, you know, those the those three pedophiles. So, you know, and that's, that's the point I'm trying to make is that, like, people were saying that this kid shouldn't have a gun, but yet he had every right in doing so to protect himself for his own, for his own personal protection and his own fortitude because they were in his domain. You know, let's get this, let's get this you know, uh, mixed up here. And like I said, the reason why, like I said, the reason why I'm so passionate, the reason why I'm, so, I'm coming up, like, you know, I'm projecting this, this energy is because I'm just so fed up with all conservatives, libertarians, and people alike getting stepped on. Like, even my, my favorite country singer, Johnny Paycheck, said in an interview a while ago, he goes, it's always a little man that's getting squashed and, you know, and stepped on. You know? That's right. The average blue-collar guy that's constantly doing all these crazy hours and, you know, putting in, you know, putting all these extra hours just to get by. And you only get bottle cap money, you know? It's that's what you – you work hard, I work hard, Frankie works hard. And we, you work and work and work. You have almost no free time for anything else, and you get pennies. And that's what we're dealing with. We're overtaxed. You know, the, just the regular middleman is the one that's always getting the worst. And seldom do you ever have anyone that actually put something out and there to help exactly, us. And then exactly, you think also the fact. I'm sorry again. But you also go with this too. I'm sorry, I'm sorry for cutting you off. Mm -hmm. The Democrats don't care. They want to completely annihilate the middle class. They, like, it's either, they, want, a, they want a two-way society like in the feudal system. It's either you're rich or you're poor. That's it. You know? There and there no was a group out there that um, we don't have any good ones left, but there used to be a group known as Southern Democrats, and they were the better ones. They were truly the ones that were amazing, like a Jeffersonian conservative. Those are the Democrats that we need. We don't have any of them left. They're all replaced with the liberal socialist ones. Not to yeah. mention the fact that 
you know, all that money that's being shipped over to that one country that starts with a U, all that money could be going back to us for college, for better wages, for to better our country instead oh, of giving it to other somebody, people. Don't get me started on, on the, uh, what you call it, on the, uh, the new, the, was it the college and that Biden sign, what's it called? The uh, college relief, what they call it? Oh, yeah, the which college, does nothing but just taxes fund. people to death. The college relief fund, especially, you know, after President, you know, I'm not even calling him President Biden, he doesn't deserve that. I'm sure to call him Brandon. The, 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 you know, that bill that that branch signed for the college relief for the student debt, right? Like, that is not my job to pay for your school. When I went to welding school, nobody paid for it but me, you know? I didn't ask for a free hand. I didn't say, oh, well, you know, I, I need help. No. It's called basically you work, you pay it off, and that's it. You know, the reason why you go to school is so when you get a job, and I'm talking like a legit actual job, not some gender studies degree or a, a picture, you know, uh, what do you call it, a photography class, you know, these, these useless the, you know, useless degrees, you know, like your job should basically pay for, for your time for going to school to learn that trade or to learn that, that, um, that skill, you know, and a lot of these colleges, they think it's like, it's, it's like the best thing since sliced bread. It's like perfect. It's like, it's not, you know, mm -mm. you have to be an individual and basically step up and, and, and pay for your own way. And this is the problem with this country is that we're so heavily taxed. We're so heavily, you know, um, how do I put it? Like we're, we're, we're so, we're, we're, we're just so messed up. It really, you know. We're so messed up in all avenues, and like I said again, is that no matter how you want to slice and dice it, people basically break their backs for, for nothing, you know? And I hate to say like that, but it's the truth. It's not like back then. There is no honor. There is no integrity. There's none of that no more. You know, we're, we're the men, like, like I said, war, of Washington's time. You know, the closest thing now we have is Trump and DeSantis. That's it. Okay, so Frankie wants to go in. What I'm going to do is I'm going to hop off so he can hop on. Okay, so like I said, Vinny, it was good uh, uh, you know, talking with you on this hour. Listen, it was great. Guys, real quick, he's going to give his uh, like last two-second thoughts. Go ahead. Last two-second thoughts. I agree with John. I agree that today's politicians are godless on both sides. You really need to find politicians that represent the people that will uphold those amazing Christian values that our country was founded upon and a true idea of statesmanship. We need more statesmen. We need um, you know, better people that will represent us in Congress. And unfortunately, you know, New Jersey is a lost cause, but I do have hope that other states will do a better job and get those rhinos out, get better people in. This is also done at the personal level. People play a role in being active in their communities through education, and that's truly how we win this. Getting out there, getting educated. Y'all want to learn more about me? Please follow me on Monuments Cross Dixie, Save Southern Heritage Florida. Get involved because, you know, what? we put a focus on the individual working together for a common cause. You know, I'm just one person who speaks. I want y'all to be able to do that. Go on TikTok, share your opinions, get out there, get visible. Stop complying. Stop saying yes and giving into tyrants. Yeah. And I just want to end this with a six semper tyrannus and a huge Deo Vindice. Yep, Vinny, it was great having you on. But the one thing I will say is this just, this just popped in my head. I'm sure it's been done before. But instead of having a taxation without representation, we're going to have a no representation without presenta uh, presentation. <laughs> Amen. Me great. Meaning, meaning that, like I said, guys, is that the politicians have to be, have to be responsible and held accountable for what they present um, hold themselves to. Because remember... As a politician, right, and like I said, it's your moral duty to be a, um, a conscious, coherent representative, unlike Brandon. Amen. So, like I said, that's my thoughts, and like I said, I'm going to be going off, like, you know, for the next, like, you know, half hour with Frankie here, and uh, we're going to bring him in. Guys, like I said, it was a pleasure, Vinny. Thank you so much for coming on and, you know, giving your thoughts as always. Learned a lot with the history, so, like I said, guys, go Thank check him out. across Disney, uh, Dixie, and he also has his own, uh, what was it, TikTok page, I think it's... Uh, Latino yep. Rebel or Real Latino Rebel is another. You'll find me on a Twitter, not Twitter, um, Instagram and TikTok with that one. Okay. All right. So, Vinny, it was a pleasure. Like I said, take care of yourself. Be well.
Thank you, man. Great seeing you. Yeah. So, guys, that was basically the conversation that me and Vinny carried on as far as with the, the Civil War. There was a lot to take away from that because no matter how you want to slice and dice it, the roots of being a fundamental conservative even go back to the Civil War and pre-American Revolutionary War and even before that as well. You know, there's a saying, and like I said, I'm going to paraphrase it. Strong times create weak men. Hard times create, you know, um, good men. So, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, is that this is, these are the times that we're in. We're in very trying times as far as where we are spiritually as a nation, and we will continue to basically climb this mountain no matter how hard or no matter how bad the adversary is. We will basically overcome and we will stay strong, like Trump said. We have done so many things as a nation as far as where we stand, as far as morally and principally and everything else before, you know, the, rear, the, the years of uh, excess terrain and everything else, or, you know, so the excess year of the Biden regime. Ladies and gentlemen, this has also been, you know, a, cra a crazy past three years. And like I said, we're going to make it known and void that it's every, you know, everybody across the nation that we will basically stay strong. And we will be, you know, a God-fearing nation like we once were back in the day. Okay, Frankie, there we go. So we're going to bring, uh, we're going to bring RP Frankie in. But like I said, now we're going to bring it back to the tide of where we're at essentially as a, as a nation. What's RP going on? Frankie, it's good to see you. How you guys doing tonight? John, you've been spot on with everything you've been saying, and I get more and more furious by the second as to we're talking about being men, being conservatives. I'm living representation of it. We, you, me, Vinny, any other person that's willing to stand for freedom and liberty, we are doing that every single day. Every single day we talk to each other and we voice our concerns with how pissed off we are as a country, as patriots that love our country. And being a good-natured person, a person that has morals, integrity, and character. If you take a look at my shirt, we're not canceled now, are we? <laughs> I simply no, sir. say this to Shopify. You people are not real men. You're not real men because you rather cancel people out for disagreeing with you. You rather claim that don't tread on me is somehow, oh, what's the term? Uh, it's obsolete. It's, it's, it's already copied by another <laughs> company. And that a 3%er logo is a terrorist organization. The only terrorists are the people uh, silencing someone else based upon their opinion and view. And how can a company that unfortunately is not even from here, but yet uses our vendors to promote their own company. They're in Canada. How can they possibly know anything about our history? You know how many conversations I've had with their customer service, by the way? So if you want to talk about standing for morals and freedom and liberty and pushing on past tyranny, past cancel culture, past, uh, you know, past being silenced and having our website completely erased, which is now rebuilt, by the way. But this is who we are, guys. That's what Relentless Patriots do. Unpoly, uh, no, uh, no, uh, absolutely, un, you know, absolutely unwavering, uh, you know, and absolutely unapologetic for anything we stand for. Because, you know, the fact of the matter is this, in these Trump of times, we need basically strong men. We need, you know, actual leaders. We need actual people that are going to go on the front lines and speak, the, you know, not afraid to speak the truth. And unfortunately, like I said, is that we have a lot of underground rhinos who basically pretend or project themselves as wolves in sheep's clothing. That's exactly what they are, you know? Uh, I was going to give everyone this gift. Um, it's from the Patriot. It's a reading from Samuel Davies, 
who actually spoke to slaves, patriots during the French and Indian War uh, in 1755 in the backwoods of Virginia about rallying together for religion and patriotism. And every single forefather that I've ever um, read from, as you know, John, if you want to talk about God-fearing, if you want to talk about traditionalists, if you want to talk about good-natured people, every single one of them has always mentioned their creator, no matter what. It's always about God. Donna, welcome. It's good to have you. And finally, after a long time, we are back. And we are not going to stop. <laughs> we are not going to stop. We have had too much time in between to simply say that we're waiting for Trump. We're waiting for a quote-unquote you know, leader at the top to save us. But guess what? No more. It's going to be up to us. Okay, so John Davies, or Samuel Davies goes to say, be of good courage and let us play the men. Right off the cuff, this is what he said. Mm -hmm. Courage is an essential character of a good soldier. Not a savage, ferocious violence. Not a foolhardy insensibility of danger or headstrong rashness to rush into it. Prudent and deliberate in a concerting their measures and steady and resolute in executing them. Or, precipitately, rush into those that are causeless or evidently fatal and throw away their lives in vain. There are some men who naturally have this heroic turn of mind. And here we go. The wise creator, key word, wise creator, God, has adapted the natural genius of mankind with a surprising and beautiful variety to the state in which they are placed into this world. To some he has given a turn for intellectual improvement and the liberal arts and sciences to others a genius for trade. Here we go, John. Others, a dexterity in mechanics and the ruder arts necessary for the support of human life. Look at that. Trade yep. the necessary for necessary for the support of human life. The generality of mankind may be capable of tolerable improvements in any of these, but it is only they whom the God of nature has formed for them that will shine in them every man in his own province. And as God well knew what a world of degenerate ambitious and revengeful creatures this is, as knew that innocence could not be protected, property and liberty secured, nor the lives of mankind preserved in the lawless hands of ambitious avarice and tyranny, without the use of the sword, as he knew that this would be the only method to preserve mankind from universal slavery. I'm going to stop right there. America. America. Do you want to be in universal slavery? Because this is where we're heading, like John and Vinny have been saying the entire evening. When we talk about men, the men of Washington, the men of our forefathers, the men of freedom, liberty, and most importantly, God. What say everybody else? You know, what say people that just don't have the mental capacity to even stand up against tyranny, to say anything? Anything worth the merit that's going to help, whether it be, um, like we were saying before, the people in politics. We have very few that are standing up for us. Majority Taylor Green, We have Lauren Boebert. We have Trump. We have DeSantis. We have Rand and Ron Paul. Um, that's like five, six people. I mean, the rest of the people are just going to be ignored. I mean, is this what we've come down to as patriots? as people that love our country, as one of the few nations in the entire world to have ever stood up against actual tyranny. I mean, 
everyone knows what's going on in Italy with the prime minister, right? <laughs> Standing up more than we are. And I find that grotesque. That the men of God, that the men of America are so busy with their gizmos and gadgets that they're not willing to stand at a street corner like, you, like we did and try to wake people up. Like the time to get permits for protests and this and that is over. I mean, what are we all comfortable and cushy on our couches? Like, I mean, is that what we think freedom is? As a patient, especially a relentless one, freedom is responsibility. We have to preserve it. We can't just Found say freedom at the top no. of and expect for us to be free. No, we still have to fight for it. And that's what I think people are often very, um, or too often disconnected from, John. You know, well, that's exactly it. Freedom is just like, you know, we get freedom here. Oh, okay, so what does that mean? What does that mean? Look, look what our forefathers have done. I mean, I just read from one that talked about it and that actually led people to victory and battle. I, I mean, do people have to see battle in their backyard in order for them to wake up, John? Well, what's the solution here? <laughs> well, I'll say a bunch of stuff. This is the solution right here, the good book. <laughs> oh, so, thank goodness, the Bible. So, well, I was actually going to say, I was actually going to read a quote because I was trying to remember, I remember back when I was, you know, I was like seven or eight years old, I remember the pastor saying, he goes, in times of triumph, in times of where, you know, you might feel weak, everything else, he goes, look no further than the book of Joshua. So I'm actually going to, I'm going to basically paraphrase, but I'm going to read off of it. So it starts off with Joshua 6. It goes, be strong and all, of all the good, uh, all of courage, of all good courage for to the pe this people. Uh, you shall divide as inheritance of, uh, of the land, which is sworn to their fathers to give. Only the strong and the very courageous that you may observe to do according to all, all of the law. Uh, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it, uh, from the hand or to the right or left. You may, uh, to may prosper wherever you go. So what I'm, what I'm trying to say essentially is that this is exactly what, what God was saying to Moses, is that you have to be strong in times of, you know, where everything is going completely down the tubes, you know, because Moses, right. if I remember correctly, is the one that was God's basically essentially right-hand man. He's the one that wrote the Ten Commandments, you know? Right. Absolutely. So, and this is exactly what I'm going to tie this into. Now, I'm going to get this book. Give me one second. Hold on one second. I just want to actually, let me get this right here. This right here goes in par with this. And this is exactly what I was trying to say. The founding fathers took this and took this and based it off of this with that. So, our, uh, you know, our first constitutional fundamental God-given rights, the first 10 of them, which is the Bill of Rights, they're unalienable, unwavering. They took the Ten Commandments from this Bible Right, and they said, you know what? We're gonna take this because guess what? If you start turning away from this, then this is gonna basically go obsolete and out the door. Uh, and you right, know, you won't have you won't have, a, you won't have a, a nation under God, basically. Absolutely. Yep. The two go hand in hand. That's why, basically, I try to read my, you know, I try to read this Bible when I can every night because you know what? In times like this, you know what? Only strong, God-fearing men are going. It's, it's it's gonna stop from what's coming. Let me let me ask you a rhetorical question in terms of courage. We know that we we have our national emblem, the original one, which is the rattlesnake. Aside from the Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah. Um, the snake was supposed to be a representation of devilry from God, you know, versus the devil. Because uh, um, you see the serpent coming up always as this evil whispering creature. And we've used the rattlesnake as something that no one should be treading upon. Otherwise, you'll get the, get the bite, you know. And 
a lot of a lot of the times I've seen liberals try to argue that, well, you guys are not under God, you're under the serpent. And I'm like, we are not under the serpent. God makes creatures in every way, shape, and form to balance out other creatures. So now if you mess with the rattlesnake, you will get the fangs. If you mess with the eagle, you will get swooped up and taken away. And well, apart. And that's what these 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 uh, government freaking I think that nothing is going to happen. They need to get bit, John. You know, and the serpent is not as evil as people think it is. They clear out the rodents. They yes. take care of the, the, the invaders on their property, if you know what I mean. They yes. protect their, their, their land. They protect their own rights to exist. They're not evil the way the left likes to think they're evil. Well, I was gonna, I answer a rhetorical question, but I am going to answer. You got to remember, the devil is basically a master manipulator slash, you know, slash shapeshifter. So that's the form that he used to trick and deceive Eve. Because she was the first right. one that bit the apple and obviously convinced Adam. So that's the form that he used. It's not saying that to say that all snakes and all you know creatures like that are evil. That's just the form he happened to so take. Now, the snake, like I said in the, for in the forefather's eyes, was that it represents the lay of, whoops, it represents the lay of the land, you know, like the Jordan die symbol. That has to do with the, the lay of the land. That's why you know, all the states broken up because they that's said right. if you don't if you don't get with the program, you're gonna die. That's right. If you guys can't join so, together, fight your petty differences, you will die as individuals. You will die alone. So, and that's why that's why like I said, die is such a prevalent symbol right now, John. It has to be. It has to be spoken once more. You know, there's too many rhinos and there's too many people that are willing to negotiate with Democrats over every little thing and that they're not understanding that, no, that's incorrect. And Democrats need to understand that they're destroying the country. They're destroying the country and they know it. Everyone's getting paid big bucks behind closed doors via George Soros, etc. And the globalist movement is not far behind. No. To completely take over everything. I mean, I've been reading a lot of Alex Jones' book, the, you know, Great Reset and the War on the World. And, and the problem is no one's realizing that all these major corporations that people are constantly going to and shopping at. Yes, I'll say Target. Yes, I'll say Walmart. Yes, I'll say Burlington Coat Factory. Yes, I'll say Wendy's and McDonald's and any other fast food, you know, propaganda joint that's all, you know, based upon human meat anyway. I will say everything that I can possible to wake America up at this point because Globalism is real. The evil Nazis are real. The World Economic Forum wants us to stay in these smart homes, in these smart cubes, and eat smart food. And well, like, like I like I said, before, cars, you know, before, yeah. But before we start, before we start going off, you know, uh, off off the deep end here, yeah. um, I will say this: is that you know you have to bring it back to reality. Like I said, as far as I'm not saying that that isn't reality, because that's exactly what they want as far as the end game goes. But more on, on a you know surface level or civil level, if you will, if you will, is that. We're dealing with, you know, the most, how do I put it, the most triumph times right now where man's basically being choked and forced to do things that necessarily that, that isn't right, nor, you know, part of the norm. Like, look at the whole vaccine mandate. Everybody wants to completely forget how much, uh, what you call it, how much was basically pushed and how much, was, you know, how much, you know, how much was basically, how much, you know, how much are we willing to get out of that mile, you know? Because like the saying goes, you give them an inch, they take a mile. And that's exactly what we did. We kept on saying, they kept on saying two weeks, okay. Well, that very first two weeks, you should be like, no, you're not going to give us two weeks. No, this is going to stop now. 
you know, the, the, COVID, the, 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 the virus. No one knew they were fooled into coercion. But even after two weeks, even after people finally started to catch on, even a month or two months later, it was already too late. Then that's you know, people point. were being arrested and, 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 you know, pinned against each other, becoming Gestapoists about ratting each other out about the vaccine or the mask or, or not staying six feet apart. You had tracking devices already more so than, the, than they have on all our smartphones. Have you been, have you been in touch with someone who's been uh, sick lately? Please report them immediately. You know, it's like, come on, all these tracking and tracing uh, ridiculous apps that they have. And all. what's your temperature? Scan your forehead, the mark of the beast. I mean, how much more evidence do people want that this was not a plan from the very start? And Big Pharma had nothing to do well, with like, it. Like, like I said. Something get a million like, plus dollars from Pfizer. I mean, why is no one still speaking about that? In questioning well, him. like I said, I'm, I'm going to touch upon that. The reason why nobody's speaking upon that is because, like I said, those are, they look at those as not, not like a surface level issue. That's more like a deep end, you know, uh, like talking point. A lot of people feel threatened and scared more or less that, at that fact. So like, oh my, I don't want to, I don't want to be that person to touch that. So it's more or less like we're, we're at a standstill where people just don't feel comfortable about touching that. And like I said, it's funny. Because well, I mean, no, no, there's a lot of people that are uncomfortable about touching a lot of things, but they, they yeah. need to learn that. Especially Joe Biden. <laughs> right now, the step is being trampled on with a big, giant, you know, uh, blue Democratic boot. And it's being smacked. And the snake is not... Like, we, we Like, the line has already been crossed how many times? And you and I talked about the line. The fine line that we're all still willing to hold right now before shit gets crazy. Yes. And it's like I said again, is that like, you know, these are really trying, like I said, I may sound like a broken record with this, but this is the really, this is the God's honest, you know, most, you know, straightforward truth is that these are really trying, really trying times because like I said, the economy is about to burst. You know, this nation basically is in a huge, huge unwavering, you know, shortage for supplies. I went to Walmart yesterday and I couldn't believe that the shelves, you know, were actually almost bare, especially for the, you know, for the dry can stuff. And I was like, wow, so I'm like, this is actually legitimate, you know? And I'm not like saying like, oh, wow, like, as in, like, I'm like, you know, like, I didn't know. It's just, you know, this is now a point where this is exactly what they want. You know, they got us right where they want because they control everything. It's like, I believe it was Henry Kissinger. I believe it was actually him that says he, yeah, he said he, I believe it was either him or Rockefeller that said, he who controls the food controls the You know, definitely Operation Lockstep. I mean, if you guys don't know more about that, there is documentation online which you can actually download. That's how scary this is. They don't care hiding their plan. I mean, by 2024, they have even said in lockstep with the New World Order and the globalists and the companies that there will be another virus. And you and I, are, 2024 is another election year, aside from our midterms that are shortly coming up. But yeah, and, no, and that's exactly what I'm saying. There's who we vote for at this point anymore, uh, because it's already going to be set in stage. You know, it, the say the stage is going to be set, and we really do not have a lot of time no, before they start invoking everything else. And it's like I said. Well, that being said, was that we're not we're not like we're out of you know we're also running out of time. But a lot of people don't understand the severity of the situation as far as where we stand. Because, like I said, is that. Now the time to figure out, like I said, because before you go into the political stuff, as far as where you stand, like as far as politically, you have to find out where you stand, like, you know, morally, as far as, as a person, because if there are certain things, like for I'll give you an example, like abortion, right? You take abortion, like I said, is that you're like, oh, I'm for it. 
right, a on a political standpoint, but then you basically go back into the Bible and say, well, you know, I, I you know, I, I agree with this and da, 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 you know, that, that's a hypocrite, you know? So that's what Absolutely. I'm saying. You know, there's a lot of switch hitters like that. You know, you're against firearms, but yet you have security guards that guard your home. You're against walls like, that like your walls are around like, surrounded by it. Like, hello? Like Bloomberg, <laughs> I, yeah, like for instance, like I said, like, you know, like, like Michael Bloomberg, he made me laugh and he goes, if you can't hit a deer after seven shots, he goes, why do you even need a 30 rounder for it? It's like, it's not, it's, it's not the point. And it's not the point. It, you know, it's like, there was a, there was a good uh, Texas, uh, I think it was a Texas Republican that was actually running for office and he goes, this 30 rounder, he goes, is in case if I have multiple attackers. He goes, that's what this 30 rounder is for, Bloomberg, you know? That's right. You know, because like I said, that you have to look at it like this. A firearm is nothing more than a tool. If you treat it respect and handle it respect, it's going to do the same with you. Now, if you're going to be a belligerent, you know, wild turkey with it, <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to basically, you know, get that. that, uh, that right, you're, you're abusing your right to bear arms, and that's not what the point is, you know? Um, and, speaking of, I was actually going to read this next. Uh, this is from Jefferson and Thomas Jefferson on the causes and necessity of taking up arms, written July 6, 1775. This is, this is actually um, when the Second Continental Congress met in assembly to start writing the Declaration of Independence. You know, or the, or the uh, at least the idea of it. Jefferson said... So we are reduced to the alternative of choosing an unconditional submission to the tyranny of irritated ministers or resistance by force. The latter is our choice. We have counted the cost of this contest and find nothing so dreadful as voluntary slavery. Honor, justice, and humanity forbid us tamely to surrender that freedom which we received from our gallant ancestors. Look at that. Mm -hmm. Our gallant ancestors. They even had said it themselves and which our innocent posterity have a right to receive from us. We cannot endure the infamy and guilt of resigning succeeding generations to that wretchedness which, um, which unavoidably awaits them if we base and tail hereditary bondage upon them. Our cause is just. Our union is perfect. Our internal resources are great. And if necessary... Foreign assistance is undoubtedly attainable. We gratefully acknowledge as signal instances of the divine favor, again, mentioning God, divine favor towards us, that his providence would not permit us to be called into this severe controversy until we've grown apart to our present strength, had been previously exercised in warlike operations, and possessed of the means of defending ourselves. With hearts fortified with these animating reflections, we most solemnly before God, again they mention God, and the world declare that exerting that utmost energy of those powers, which are benefit again God, which are beneficent creator, hath graciously bestowed upon us the arms we have been compelled by our enemies to assume we will in defiance of every hazard, with unabating firmness and perseverance, employ for the preservation of our liberties. To die free men that's, rather than live slaves. Yep. That, that, that's, that's the God's honest truth here, you know, as far as where everything stands. You know, it's, it's so crucial as far as, you know, even, the four, even these four founders, you know, basically were once, you know, they, you know, they were actually slaves to a nation before, which, which was Britain, you know, like paying the taxes, dealing with the, uh, the tyrannical, you know, uh, regimes. You that's know, as far as, what's going on right now, doesn't it? Yes, and um, the one thing I'm going to say, because like I said, this is actually, it's been in the back of my head for, you know, the past hour before I forget it. 
um, just Darrell here for a second, was that, you know, I know we're on the, we're on the topic as far as with the um, with the food shortage and everything, but I, I do want to make this a point and own voice that, guys, now the time to basically pick up some skills and, you know, really get familiar because, you know what, like one day is that, you know, there's not going to be a supermarket, there's not going to be anything around to, you know, uh, to basically take care of you. You have to be your own self-governing individual. You know? John, how can you say that? There's always going to be a supermarket. There's always going to be food on the well, well, that's Well, you got to look at it this way. During the Great Depression, right? Like, let's take it back, for instance, right? Because this is one thing that history has always shown us, right? Like, our ancestors were self-deficient, either business owners. They were, you know, like I said, they were average workers. They also, you know, but they were also, uh, how do I put it? They were a jack of all trades, you know, at the time, which they were. You know, you don't have that anymore. And what I'm saying, guys, essentially, is that, like I said, you need to basically get your, you know, get your act together and, you know, really become more of a, um, I don't want to say reservist in the sense, but you also have to basically get, make sure you, you, you know, you're, you're morally sound along with also, you know, sound with your skill set, you know? You see, talk about skill set. There's three basics that you should learn. Four Definitely survival skills. <laughs> bushcraft. Absolutely. You know, going out wilderness and getting accustomed to building shelters. I mean, yeah, exactly. John has a, a built axe out of wood and a rock. I mean, back to stone man, you know, caveman uh, like error in a way and learning how to be resourceful with the things that are around you. Self-sufficiency is key, Donna. Exactly. You know, there's too many people that have gotten arrogant and lazy and too plush to do anything, to lift a finger, to even fight for freedom. And, you know, what's really funny, too, is that we went to, I mean, you know, Frank, you know, I just want to talk about this real quick. So Frankie and I went to Washington headquarters, along with another friend of ours. And it's funny because this is very primitive technology and still holds up to this day. I mean, look, I flat out found the rock, right? Like I said, I was shaped like, like an axe head. I, you know, obviously I filed it down the sides using clay and, you know, and just making sure that the mold was there and just sharpening it up along with the grain. And then what I did was I found a stick that's a handle, like not, not just like a weak stick, a sturdy stick. I took my bushcraft blade. I split it down the middle. Oh, whoops. Sorry. There we go. Took it down the middle, and I basically made sure that I actually now that I have something, you know, as a handle. And it works perfectly fine, you know? And it will actually kind of will take care of you, you know? And then they said, this is like a last resort. God forbid you have nothing out there. That's right. And not only that, but knowing these primal skills could actually save your life. And like I said, not even if, if an apocalypse situation. It could be, God forbid, let's just say things happen. Your, your car gets stuck, and now you're like, oh, great. Now what do I do? You know, you know, talking like a real, uh, a real life scenario was that there was actually a plane that went down. An 11-year-old boy who actually knew survival skills was actually living inside the plane for a little bit. And he actually did what he had to do as far as, you know, when it came to, um, you know, surviving out in the wilderness. You know, it was basic, it was a legit story. Yeah, he was 11 years old. And then, thank God they actually found him. You know, and they said, that, like, how did you keep warm? How did you eat? So like that? He goes, well, I had some stuff in the plane. Uh, but everybody else basically died on board. And they found him. Well, it sounds, I will, I, it sounds like America, you know, if America doesn't become self-sufficient soon and quit selling our souls to other countries, yes, China, yes, Ukraine, yes, Russia, yes, yes, all these countries that we outsource to, then, the, and especially the corporations, look, people have to learn that, you know, even if you take our own website, and this is what, this is what still pisses me off, that they make it so difficult to be self-sufficient. Um, you have to go into an extraordinary amount of debt to to attain a business. And you know I already own a business. Actually, I own three. And I'm trying to be self-sufficient as much as I can. And, I, and I'm working a full-time job. 
But every single time you try to do something, the taxes are in the way, the red tape's in the way, the, the what you're allowed to do and not to do is in the way. So they make it even harder for anyone to even have a business in this country. And that's not right. But that's exactly what the plan is. They don't want anyone being on their own and not relying on the government or outside resources to do it. Well, I mean, look where, all, look where, all, where all our fabric is made. It's not made here anymore. No. I mean, you look at every single hat, even even the one I'm wearing. I mean, even the flag that's behind me. Yes, some of it's made in the United States, but I have to outsource it to a, to a third party. But with that being also said, push the button. It doesn't make any sense. But yes. they're profiteering. Why does the United States always have to sell out to other countries? Well, that's exactly it. Because, like I said, is that they look at this one. That's why I've always said about Democrats and Republicans, right? Like when it comes, especially the no, this has to do the topic of illegals. So the Republicans like the illegals because it's for it's for cheap labor for one, right? And they also could mass produce, get more work out there, right? The Democrats always like the illegals for votes. So right. it's a double, it's a double-edged sword. So both parties might not, like I said, it's like wrestling. I hate you, I hate, you know, we hate each other, but guess what? We're going to go in the back and smoke a joint. That's exactly what it is. That's it. You know? I mean, they, they both, they both say, you know, the Democrats want them to be here, but they don't care about them after they get here. That, you know, the Republicans just want them here, but then they're like, okay, well, now you have to work your way up through the system. And they, they're also encouraging it. They're encouraging them coming here and earning a wage and not contributing back to America and sending money back to their family. I mean, that, that's what any good-hearted person would do to get the rest of their family here. But it's like, if you're going to migrate, and here's the thing I'm going to say about immigration reform. That entire law system and structure should have been changed 50 to 60 years ago, even way back to when my ancestors came here through Ellis Island. That whole oh, yeah. should have been revamped from the very, very start. That way people can come here, earn a wage, and be okay. You know, I mean, even right now, I, I believe um, a lot of companies are taking advantage of the fact that when an illegal immigrant does come here and does do things the right way, it usually takes about five years to become a citizen, okay? So yep. one friend has been in this country for 10 years and hasn't even earned their green card yet. Wow. Because the company keeps dangling the renewal of their work visa in front of them every single year. They're like, okay, well, you need to stay here, otherwise we're not going to renew it for you. And and also, it's up to that company that sponsors that person to help them out with their green card. And yet they, they prolong it. For 10 years, he's being held prisoner in this country. Absolutely. And, and they're taking advantage of that. I mean, this is – you want to talk about immigration reform? You want to talk about building a wall? Let's put all the money towards fixing the problem from the very start. And, you know, like I said, you know, not just, just to, you know, talk about this as well. It's very asinine to see that. You know, there's people that I guess there, there's truly there's a lot of people in this country that want to get in. Right. But there should be like, for instance, like a, like a vetting process and the vetting process, along with the immigration process, is very, very broken because and along with as more holes in it than Swiss cheese. You know, it does. Now, if you look at other countries, the way the structure for as far as legal immigration goes or entering that country, if you that, that's that, that's like a breaking a federal law. But see what they do is they, it's kind of like, you know, like what Vinny was saying with, with the whole like civil war thing with the catch yeah. release. You know, so they have this very catch release process and it doesn't do anything because guess what? You throw them back across the border and now they, 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 they get back out and now they get, they're coming again. So in reality, you're wasting, you know, efforts to, you know, stop something that basically, that, that, you know, it's like a, what do you call it? It's, it's like a recycled process that doesn't work. What, you know? But what's humane and what's not humane these days? Because the, 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 just like way back during the Revolutionary War and Civil War, the average American patriot and soldier was treated far worse and has been through far worse than the average slave. And, I, and I'll be happy to say that because 
Look at the conditions that they had to suffer through. Hard weather, starvation, eating their own clothing, and like we saw at the Revolutionary War Museum. Yeah. Look how many soldiers died from just frostbite or being out in the wilderness, being or Real quick, I, these. I just want I mean, to say, I'm sorry, I just want to say this. Oh, good. Guys, guys, go right, uh, I was going to say was that that museum was actually one of the by far most, inter, or what I say, like interactive museums. It's, it's over in Philly. Go check it out. It's the American Revolutionary War Museum. We actually went there and it was absolutely incredible. I, I encourage Everybody that's basically on this, I'm not saying, you know, everybody on this, on this page or anybody that's truly American, go to that museum. Go pay your respects because, you know what, those, those things, you know, those are things that basically that, that was paid for the blood of, of, you know, both you know both of the Patriots and everybody else that basically served in, the, in that line of duty. That's so, right. We, 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 can't, we can't move forward until we understand the past. Yeah. You know, like I said, that, that museum is very, very ground. It's going to happen. The same thing is going to happen, and it is happening, because people just refuse for one split second to appreciate <clears throat> what they have and where things and how things happen and where it came from. Oh, oh, the white people stole the Native American land, and we had slavery for 400 years. Slavery was in this in this country, in this land, way before Americans and pilgrims showed up, okay? So please don't act like this entire land was, was untouched and pure. Okay, it may have seemed that way because there wasn't as many people here. But trust me when I tell you, the atrocities of what the Native Americans did to each other and the tribalism that ensued and occurred and the wars and the murder and the rape and the pillage, that was, there was plenty of it. So I don't even want to hear that simply because we had 200 years or 300 years and even our, in our country in specific wasn't even a country yet until 1776. So all the people that came before us, they also sold each other out to slavery. Yep. Hey, can we please move past the fact? And and I and I keep hearing this from other people too that claim to be on our side. That that the white man is this and the white man is that and the white man is the lower bottom of the barrel type of type of uh, human. And it's like okay. And what are you exactly? What are you exactly? You're you, exactly. Your Spanish descent. You're Puerto Rican. Yeah, you have some white in you too. So I, I don't understand the, the whole thing about, about the white man. Listen, is it our fault that the white man was able to explore and go to other countries and stay and, 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 and people wanted to free, uh, f uh, free themselves from tyranny? I mean, in a way, people elected a king. The king thought he was divine and his whole family was inbred. And <laughs> yes, the king of England and his family. Um, Prince Charles is definitely a globalist, right? But th that whole bloodline wasn't even from England, by the way. They were from Germany, no. from Northern European sex. But it's just like everything the white man has done, we know that. We're, listen, no human is perfect. No society is perfect. No race is perfect. Okay? Because we can name every atrocity that any other culture at any other time has done. And we can't just sit here and just blame the white man for everything because that's just the excuse. So what are you going to say at the end of the day uh, that <clears throat> this country deserves the fall, that you don't want to help us stand for freedom and liberty? So why even speak English anymore? Why even have a you know a, uh, any ties to your to your to your European uh, ancestors? Why even have a Spanish first and last name? Why even speak Spanish? Why why even celebrate any type of Spanish culture? And why even try to diss Christopher Columbus if you feel a certain way about this country? Leave. Leave. If you, if, you, if you fail to learn about history, you'll never appreciate any of it. Or the fact that it was a different time back then. Oh, Christopher Columbus was a rapist and a pedophile. Uh, no, he wasn't. There was no documentation aside from two native girls. And besides, people back then 
they didn't live as long as you and I do. They lived to about 40 or 45 years old at the latest, and they married around 14 or 15. Yep. Different times, people. Now, I'm not condoning pedophilia in any way, shape, or form, but those were different times. There was documentation, even in this country and any other country. You can actually say people were having children at 13, 14, 15 years old and getting married by 18, 17. Well, because because life the life expect the life expectancy back then wasn't you know wasn't exceed past like I think thirty or forty. That's correct. You can't apply modern principles and arguments to the past. Not I will I will say this though is that you know um, like I said just going back just to piggyback on the Constitution here is that it's pretty funny because this, this whole main podcast was about you know before like I said we we, thought, we dove into other things as far as you know the Constitution you know, the state of this nation, but it's pretty funny that I happen to notice that it says. On the citizens' rule book, it says where the spirit of the Lord, uh, where the spirit of the, the spirit, where the spirit of the Lord is. See, so like that's what I'm saying is that God is basically the root of what of, of having you know our fundamental rights. That's what they always call it. The God, our, it's our God-given constitutional rights. I would have loved to be a part of that time because people were just so innocent back then. If you want to talk about like your true purity, true virginity, whatever you want to call it, look at them. Look at all the pictures. Look at, what, look at what, what they were willing to fight for. Look at their faces, guys. Look at what they were wrapped in. Poor man's garb, bandages, and bloody and beaten and broken. And here we are sitting in our nice, beautifully afforded homes, acting like a bunch of... Well, the, the, depend, depending on what the situation is now, because a lot of people, especially with the, you know, the price of the inflation and the else, most people actually lost a lot, especially with you do the... Uh, you know, oh, we're we're the, definitely coming down to it. We're definitely coming down to being like the Patriots of old. Matter of fact, I, I would even invite it at this point because maybe that's what, what it's going to take to defeat the deep state. Yep. You know? Well, like I said, so I'm going to wrap this podcast up. So, you know, if you want to just give your final thoughts, then I'll give mine. So. Being a, being a, a, a good-natured person, a conservative, a God-fearing-based uh, man, if you will, is a still a rarity in this world and that i implore people to like like you even said john to get in touch with their christianity i read from the good book every day i yeah. sleep in prayer sometimes because i am this destitute about where our country is going remember when we went to the museum how i was standing in front of the tree of liberty that little piece that they managed to save for a good 10 15 minutes and i started to like get really upset yeah, because I knew, I knew then, and everyone around the museum was wearing masks, like a bunch of like a bunch of sheeple. But I just like I'm looking around, and I'm like, this is what we've amounted to as a society. This is what this is what they they were having such high hopes for for people to walk around and and surrender their souls and freedom. I I just I kept thinking to myself. I even said a prayer at that moment. I said, "May God save those who need it." You know, take, you know, forget me for a second, save them first, help them first. I'm awake. I understand the message that, that needs to be sent out. And, um, that's what I would say that we have to continue to spread awareness that we have to fight, that we have to have individuals that have never seen themselves as you or me, John, and awaken them because we need them. We, we really do like, the the three even the three percenter uh, oath and slogan they had more people awake back then compared yep. to the, despite population disparity the three percenters back then are not the three percenters of today where are the no. guys that's all I need to say.
So, like I said, I'm gonna kind of just go off of what you're saying, but I'm not, you know, like make my make it into my own words. Like I said, this is definitely some trying times. Like I said, is that you know, you you have to again touch where your values are because, like I said, is that you you can't sit here and basically say you're for God, you're for country, but yet carry yourself in a you know hypocritical way. And like I said, for all the conservative surface conservatives out there that don't want to basically see what's going on, is that you're going to basically be doomed because. Now you're going to, you know, put yourself in a false sense of reality where you're going to lie to yourself. So, you know, I've always been a straight shooter. I've always kept my, my core values. I can only speak for myself as far as where I stand. And I, and I, like I said, like Frankie just said, I implore a lot of you, you know, especially all the patriots and all conservatives to really make it a groundbreaking point to figure out where you stand and take your religious personal beliefs and line them up where you stand on a constitutional level, you know, because this isn't just about right or left. This is about morally right versus, you know, what's wrong. That's absolutely correct, John. Well, so I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm just gonna basically close it like that, you know. And yeah, you know, I, I even quote Janine Pirro. She's like, you know, uh, on Fox, she's great. She said about the whole thing about Biden. They said, you know, what are your final thoughts? She goes, she's like, the whole country, especially the whole state of, you know, we have a president that doesn't know who, doesn't know he's alive or dead, and we have Kamala Harris, who's basically just, just a, you know, a crackling idiot. Yeah, she's a <laughs> bimbling, bumbling buffoon who's just like Joe Biden, who can barely formulate a sentence and just laughs, laughs against knowing that she. Uh, she she has the keys right now, and that she owns us. She, she thinks she's like in power of everyone. It's so sad, guys. So, like I said, like I said, I don't I don't hate to leave it, you know, dark and gloomy like this, but I will say this is that there's hope. You know, now is time. Like I said, really get in touch with God and really figure out where you stand as far as morally. Because, like I said, the only thing that's going to save us is, 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 is you know, all, all that's going to save us is if we have this, you know, um, the sense of God and the sense of principle and liberty and cost, you know, uh, of country in us. You know, because if our forefathers did it back then, and, they, and trust me, the the conditions are so much worse compared to now. Like it's like even Frankie said, we take the little things for granted each day. You know, the little little stuff where they basically these guys had no technology. I mean, they had technology, but it, it wasn't it, it wasn't it was nowhere in par in standards where it is now. You know, absolutely for what they had. I mean, they they still had to live off the land. They still had to work ten thousand times harder harder than we did. They they owned so, farms. I mean, God knows. I mean, a lot of them just died because the winter. Well, well, medicine and also the harsh conditions as well and like i said we really take those for you know, we really take those everyday things for granted and like i said is that i'm blessed to be you know a part of these these uh these trying times along with you know crazy times as well but you know what there's no place i'd rather be than right now because you know what we're all living and living in history whether you, you know whether you're right or left you know it doesn't really matter at this point because guess what you're gonna have to pick a side eventually and you know and i know for a fact i'm on the right side of history along with everybody else and that's how i'm gonna leave it Absolutely, guys. Don't forget to visit our website, regardless of uh, where our vendors are trying to pull uh, resources from because because of the shortages everywhere with supplies. But, um, you know, I, I hate promoting something that is not actually entirely made in the United States, but all your contributions and all your help is always noted and considered and appreciated. www.therelentlesspatriots.com Visit there. Yep, and like I said, I also check out our apparel. <laughs> please, because we uh, we came up with a whole bunch of awesome new cool designs for the fall and winter time. We have official hats like what you see here. We have a whole bunch of cool stuff, and I hope you guys really check it out and enjoy that because everywhere you go, you can wear it, obviously. We are living in the best time in history. We are. Um, so, even though there's certain things I would much rather um, not have to fight against. You know, I'd much rather develop... Uh, Excuse a better me. sense of self, you know, but I think through these hard times, we are. We That's are. absolutely right. We are. So, getting, like getting 
more in touch with ourselves in our patriotism. Yes. Yep. So that's exactly it, darling. Yep. We're all in the best time in history. Like I said, is that there's a lot of trying things. And like I said, you know, through, through this time of basically, you know, hardships and everything else is that we're going to get through this, you know, not just, like I said, we, everybody might be on the same, how I put this, we're all on the same wave, so to speak. Right. But it's a different boat, you know? So we just have, like I said, we have to keep pressing forward and we will get through this as a nation. Like I said, we've been through so much worse and you know what, like, I'm actually optimistic that we will get through this no matter what, because like I said, as long as we have God on our side, there's nothing to fear, you know? And like I said, but knowing, knowing to have, you know, like I said, you know, knowing to have God as well, but also being self-reliant and being self-sufficient. So those, if you have those two things, you're set. And I'm going to leave, I'm gonna leave it off like that. No matter what, that's why we're Relentless Patriots, guys. And uh, every weekend we will be going live as much as possible. And yeah, we're going to be back, Spotify. so stay tuned. Right. Join us on Spotify. Uh, we actually have at least 50 plus episodes now. We have over 250 followers. We actually talk about things in comparison to other groups and podcasters that don't. Yep. So, guys, like I said, you know, it was, it was a pleasure. Uh, Frankie, thanks again for coming on. You know, Vinny, listen, you know, uh, I don't know if Vinny's still in here, but Vinny, you know, check out his page too. He's another great Relentless Patriot, along with he is very, uh, how do I put him? He has so much knowledge that, you know, especially especially at a young age as well, you know. He's very, very, uh, you know, very put together and very organized. honored to have people that know history, that know the truth. Faith over fear, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And through knowing the truth you and through having faith, you will overcome that fear. So, like I said, guys, it was a pleasure being on here. Sorry if I kind of sound nasal. I'm, getting, I'm actually getting sick because the weather changed like everybody else. <laughs> oh, climate change? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Joy, okay, Joy Bar. <laughs> Uh, guys, it was a pleasure. Thanks again for having us on. Like I said, we'll be back more, you know, with more content. So stay tuned. Stay relentless, people. Thank you for tuning in to the Relentless Patriots Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media and visit us on the web at www.therelentlesspatriots.com.